0: We're not crazy, the system is. Tune in to Madness Radio, voices and visions from outside mental health, Wednesdays 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Pacifica affiliate WXOJLP-FM 103.3 Valley Free Radio, produced by Freedom Center and The Icarus Project, streaming live, podcasting, and archived at madnessradio.net. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Madness Radio. I'm your host, Will Hall. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Today, we are doing a show that has two parts. Uh, We're going to be speaking with a woman who lives in Northampton, Massachusetts, who had a very serious um, run-in with the drug Lamictal. Uh, She almost died, was in uh, intensive care at Cooley-Dickinson Hospital, and that drug was prescribed off-label for depression. We're going to be talking with her about that. And also, we're going to be uh, featuring uh, Brooklyn Michelle, who is the host of the Mosh Knit podcast, which is the punk rock knitting podcast. Brooklyn uh, has been diagnosed with bipolar and doesn't take medication. We're going to be talking about creativity and wellness and knitting and punk rock with uh, Brooklyn Michelle. Uh, But first, a little bit about uh, Madness uh, Radio. Madness Radio is co-produced by the Freedom Center and the Icarus Project. Freedom Center is a local support activism and advocacy community that's run by and for people who have uh, mental disorder uh, labels like schizophrenia, bipolar, uh, depression, borderline, Uh, people who are looking for alternatives to the mainstream system and working for human rights. We have a number of different um, services, acupuncture, clinic, uh, yoga classes, um, writing group, a support group, uh, public events. Uh, we have a protest coming up on July 29th. Uh, a lot of different things going on with the Freedom Center, so check out our website, which is freedom-center.org. Madness Radio is also uh, co-produced by the Icarus Project, which is primarily an online community, but there also there are uh, local groups um, growing around the country, and um, Icarus is a haven really for people who have different uh, mental health uh, disorder labels and who are looking for uh, perspectives outside of the medical um, perspective on what is mental illness. People looking at creativity, uh, spirituality, art. Um, There's a great website, theicarusproject.net. There's a bunch of galleries up there. There's a very big community forum with a lot of different discussions going on. So check out the Icarus Project Dot net So first up is um, a story from a woman in Northampton who was um, well she had a very very difficult um, time with uh, Lamictal and ended up in the hospital around that. Fortunately she didn't she didn't die but she came very closely so um, we did an interview with her and here we go. Alright, well thanks for coming on the show today. <laughs> it's thanks bit, for having me. It's a me. little bit funny and awkward, but uh, here we are, you get to tell your story. of uh, what, what, do you, what story are you telling today?
1: I'm talking to you about the, um, I guess, uh, being hospitalized by a medication that was prescribed to me for depression.
0: So, um, and this was Lamictal, right? It was Lamictal, yeah. When, so when did you first, why did you first get prescribed Lamictal to, to begin with?
1: Um, I had been on another antidepressant and went off of that because I didn't feel like it was being particularly effective. But it was also at the same time when I was pretty tired of being on all medications. So I kind of, um, I think I was taking 13 things a day uh for lupus and i'd been taking steroids at that time for approximately um i guess a year and a half and steroids have a side effect of um causing depression and so if you already have an existing condition of depression it exacerbates
0: that so this is what um this is what the doctors told you right because it can cause depression on its own you don't necessarily have to have a
1: no that's what i said Yeah, yeah that um it the steroids can create depression but if you have the existing it makes it even worse it yeah. makes it yeah And you
0: said 13 more 13 it. different pills or 13 different meds
1: i think i was taking 13 different meds
0: wow was that was it all medical stuff or was there some psych stuff
1: um no i mean wellbutrin was the only well, thing that i was taking so
0: then you got off of the wellbutrin i and went off of everything you went off of everything <laughs> independent of my doctor's orders. <laughs> <laughs> and so they punished you by putting putting you on a life threatening, yeah, life
1: threatening. and they, they decided to teach me a lesson. <laughs> no, so I mean I had, to, I had I had the guy that was prescribing the antidepressants for me because I had had somebody prescribe them for me at Smith, and then my prescription for those ran out, ah. and when. I transferred over to a nurse practitioner, I guess, uh-huh. and um, they have prescribing authority or something, and he pres- had prescribed, um, I can't remember the name of the medicine that I was on before that, but it gave me horrible nightmares, huh. so I went off of that.
0: Was Was it Paxil?
1: No, it was...
0: Effexor. Effexor, Ah. Yeah. Side, side effects or it's often, it's often. <laughs> It was yeah,
1: I people were being shot in the head in my dreams Ouch. and yeah, it was
0: bad. Ouch. Um so you're so but then you so you got off all the psych meds and then you're on steroids.
1: I was on steroids the Okay, time.
0: so you're on steroids the whole time and you start to get depression and then they say okay, we're going to put you on lamictal for the right. depression. Did they tell you that lamictal's not actually approved by the FDA for depression? No.
1: I was just, he said that some, I was told that it was a bipolar medicine but that was also used to treat depression.
0: Which is a little misleading. I mean it's it's off-label. If you use it for just depression then it's off-label prescription and it is used that way but um, it's officially approved. For Bipolar and you don't have a diagnosis of bipolar. Nope. Do you think you should have a diagnosis of bipolar? Uh, no <laughs> um, I'm looking actually, sadly. I'm, I'm, <laughs> sadly Sounds like fun <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking I've at I've seen the, Crazy Love <laughs> <laughs> What is that? It's some guy uh, Drew Barrymore on Bipolar I, and I'm i Love with Ethan Hawke? I think Crazy
1: Hawk. Love is the one with Kirsten Dunst or something and the hot guy But there is a Drew Barrymore one. Maybe I've got them confused
0: Okay, so she's bipolar and crazy love, and right. it, looks, it looks kind of Hollywood. Yeah, nice and her and dad's needed.
1: like the governor. Oh, it's dicey. So. You got to keep the bipolar daughter under wraps if you're running for her.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so you didn't quite win the bipolar lottery. Not so much. There. But, uh, but yeah, well, let's let's just go to com here on our little okay. uh, laptop. And it looks to me like you got some nice, smiling, happy people. Yeah. But it says bipolar uh, one disorder and epilepsy. It doesn't say anything about. Um, Depression. It certainly doesn't say anything about uh, si- <laughs> side effect medication for prednisone. Yeah, it <laughs> so, turns out. Yeah,
1: I mean, maybe I need that hat that she's wearing. She's wearing.
0: A, that's a nice summer dress that she's got. too. looks is. like she, the other one is graduating from college. So, wow. um, the help of lamictal off of yeah, Thank God. Um, so okay. So you go back, back to the story. Right. You get on Lamictal under some questionable. Were you were you told that there might be any side effects or any dangers or like watch out, you might die or no. anything like that? the, he, the
1: most that um, he said to me was, you know, if you notice a rash or anything on your face. Uh, you're going to want to discontinue use. Just
0: discontinue use. Because that's oh, not good. Yeah. it's not good. Didn't
1: say anything about it, that I would be completely debilitated yeah. to not even get up and look at myself in the mirror to check for a rash.
0: So uh, so how long were you on it before you uh, – do you remember what the dose was just for those? The, no. For the, uh, steady, the, for the audience people listening?
1: They give you this – they give you like a welcome package, and it's <laughs> like week one, week two, week three, and you it increases the dosage. Uh-huh. So I believe I was only a little bit into my second week. Wow! When I started, pretty much, feeling like um, flu-like symptoms.
0: Flu-like symptoms, including being like virtually unconscious for twenty-four pretty hours. Much, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Not being able, like, having. The I mean, being unconscious was better than being awake, given the pain
0: that I was in. You were in like muscular joint pain or headaches, or yeah,
1: my the surface of my skin hurt. Everything just hurt to move and or to even just be in my skin.
0: And because you, the reason you were on the steroids is for a diagnosis of lupus. Right. There was confusion about well, maybe this is the lupus flaring up, and so you thought that maybe exactly. this was just an attack of the lupus. Because Dr Feelgood didn't <laughs> warn you about yeah. maybe you might have fe- flu like 24 symptoms, hour right. unconscious. and you also you had a, a fever right that was one. what were the flu symptoms like?
1: The flu symptoms were um, being really exhausted, feeling very heavy, taking five minutes, if not more to like physically stand up um, not having you know, an appetite.
0: The pains, the muscular pains. Yeah, I mean, it was
1: unbelievable pain. And I knew that something was, I know my body well enough to know that I knew something was Mm. out of the ordinary. I mean, not that I've run the gamut with lupus, but at that point I'd had it for a year and a half and I knew the typical aches and pains that were associated Mm -hmm. with that. But um, this is a whole different brand of painful
0: and so at what point did you start to get worried enough to call um 911 or call the hospital or whatever
1: um i had i saw my doctor on monday and i told him that i wasn't feeling very well this is not the guy that prescribed the lamictal this is my lupus doctor my rheumatologist mm-hmm. and i said you know i i'm I really don't feel good can you take my temperature or something I feel like I've got a fever and so the nurse came in and took my temperature and I guess it was 101 and his response to that was well now you know you've got a fever <laughs> so I mean I guess like 101 uh, isn't n- you know that much to be alarmed about but um, I've been kind of made to feel like I have to be bleeding out my eyeballs to really ask for help. Right. You know, know, like, to go to the emergency room, I feel like I'm putting somebody out. Or they're like...
0: (sighs) And he wasn't really... He wasn't saying, oh, you're on Lamictal. We better check and make sure that you're not having anything No, because
1: I was also taking... um, You know, and I have had lupus make... I typically have, like, night sweats, and I get a fever... And a little bit of a feverish feeling mm-hmm. in the evening um, from having lupus, but then I was taking oral chemotherapy as well, and so you know it's either like oh is it lupus or is it any of the number of drugs that I'm taking. So I think it was Wednesday that Tuesday or Wednesday that I went in. T- I. Called my friend who picked me up and took me to the emergency room because I was just feeling so horrible, and um, I had a 104 fever at the time when they checked me in.
0: 104 fever, yeah. and then and that's like that's life-threatening.
1: Evidently, yeah, I was, you know, it's I it spiked to 105. Um, that's when they put me in intensive care. I was feeling a little Jacob's ladder; <laughs> like
0: my mind was going to broil. And, and don't they put you on some kind of like emergency, like get her on the freezer bed the, kind of the, thing? Yeah,
1: I like to call it the ice
0: sled. The ice sled. <laughs> so they put you on this slab of ice, basically, and, yeah, and try and cool your body and down. Cr- so and I
1: hate the cold as it is. Uh, I, I loathe it. I can barely stand to be in Massachusetts in February. So being on this bed that was 60 degrees with just pumping cold water through constantly. It was a nightmare, especially since I have Raynaud's, Raynaud's, Raynaud's phenomenon slash syndrome, which um, affects the circulation to my the tips of my fingers and my feet. So they're bone white at this point. And that
0: was really excruciating, on the fever and the... Exactly. So they're trying to and lower my symptoms fever. And yeah. And they were, I mean, at this point, they're concerned about you dying. Is that right? Pretty
1: much. Yeah, because they couldn't figure out what was going on. Because they, I was admitted to the hospital Wednesday. They started doing MRIs and CAT scans, and then they gave me, they had all my medications. So then they gave me more of that medication. Well, They
0: actually gave you exactly dose of but- ramp it up from one hundred four <laughs> to one hundred five. No, let's really let's see what she can do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um,
1: yeah, some, some people can afford kiln sessions, so I <laughs> decided to see if I could cook things for them. <laughs> um, so yeah, they put me, wow. they gave me more of the medicine, like, so then, you know, I have been feeling better, but who doesn't with five bags
0: of saline and you morphine drip? Ah, morphine <laughs> drip, that's good for masking the symptoms. <laughs> exactly. Um, so then, then what happened, did some like, uh administrative clerk like look on google (laughs) and look up your symptoms and figure out that hey maybe it's a little myctal when did they start suspecting that maybe this was a drug reaction
1: um i think probably at the point where i started vomiting and peeing on myself (laughs) uncontrollably (laughs) um, they're like oh yeah you're going to get the sensation after we put you through the cat scan and the mri you're going to have the sensation of needing to urinate and um so I was like, oh, this must just be the sensation. And it turned out not too much. Wow. But um, And then today, since I couldn't control some of my bodily functions, the drug and disease specialist came up. And he was the guy that, you know, like, had looked up all of my symptoms and <laughs> saw everything <laughs> yeah. and then was Yahoo like... Yahoo search. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I've been on Yahoo. <laughs> Turns out Lamictal... And so, yeah, he's the guy that that kind of, you know, it was like, I think it's your
0: depression medicine. Connect the dots here. So you had a rash. That was what they they connected the dots with, the rash that you had.
1: Yeah, and he's... actually
0: on the Lamictal website. Once you get past the smiling people in the summer dress and the (laughs) college grad, and you scroll scroll down, it says important safety information about Lamictal. Um, And... um, yeah the first signs of a serious reaction i think what you went through was a serious (laughs) reaction um i hope so (laughs) so it doesn't say anything about um rarely I does say rarely deaths have been reported so um yeah well i'm glad they checked the lamictal website (laughs) yeah yeah
1: yeah i guess that the um the the deadly lamictal rash is pretty much like that's one standard. of the, that's has like the last the signs that's the calling card of my swan song <laughs> <laughs> right
0: so then, then the, and the cure it sounds like is they took you off the lamictal and then they you took me off got better pretty much everything, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: I think that they administered I mean I was on morphine and saline and a bunch of other stuff that they were putting in intravenously and and then they put me back on Wellbutrin, which mm. is has been fine.
0: Because have, you were so depressed after having this yeah. experience, <laughs> after my near death experience, my brush
1: with death. Yeah. And then
0: like, uh, and then you were, your body just kind of bounced back after the, after they took the Lamictal out of the picture.
1: Pretty much, yeah. Turns uh-huh. out, um, I started feeling much better and a lot less flu like. Ah. Uh. That was a good time.
0: <laughs> well, great. Well, we're glad you're, you're here and we're not actually doing this as like a memorial show or something.
1: That'd <sighs> be kind of nice. I've always wanted to go to my own memorial. Has, doesn't everybody? I think you, that's <laughs> your depression talk. Increase the well-being. I actually, I mean, we got to stop this interview mm. to drive you to the, the hospital.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot for joining us today on Madness Radio. Thank you. So that was an interview with a woman in Northampton, Massachusetts, who recently uh, survived a uh, adverse drug reaction to Lamictal that was prescribed uh, off-label for her depression. And now we are going to go to an interview with uh, Brooklyn Michelle, who hosts the Mosh Knit podcast.
2: It would patterns, sweaters, only your grandmother would knit. Do you wonder, where's the blood? Where's the guts? Where's the gore? Are you a punk rocker who happens to knit? Well then this is the podcast for you. This is The knit! And I'm your hostess, Brooklyn Michelle. I was 11 years old when I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. This diagnosis came after my mother was very concerned because I would often, from the age of seven, not sleep for several weeks or sleep nonstop for several weeks. I would become not hungry and over energetic. I would be bouncing off the walls, painting, sewing, dancing, whatever I could do, running around the house. Um. When I was 11, it reached a point where my mother was extremely concerned for me. I was no longer just not sleeping for weeks, but I was also reaching stages that would come afterwards where nothing felt happy, nothing felt good, nothing felt right. Life seemed unfair, unpleasant, unreal. She took me to see a therapist, and it was there after several weeks that I was diagnosed with bipolar. The therapist sat both me and my mom down for my diagnosis and stated your child is manic depressive otherwise known as bipolar. This means that for the rest of her life she will swing from high euphoric manic stages where she doesn't need sleep, food, air, life down to extreme depressive states where she'll most likely try to commit suicide i was told there in that doctor's office with her cheap cheap eighties art on her walls and her tacky walmart wannabe chanel suit that i would never live a normal life that i could never live alone or by myself that i would always have to live with either my parents or a guardian from the me- from the mental medical community that i would spend most of my life bouncing in and out of institutions that i'd probably be dead by 25 that I would probably try to commit suicide at least 10 times, and one of the times I'd probably be successful. And at 11, I sat there, and I thought, well, what's the point of going on? Maybe I should just jump in front of a car now while I'm still loving life and happy instead of having to deal with this kind of life. I'm now 24, and I found that that's not, that none of what that doctor told me is true. I was also told that I would have to be on medications, mood-altering, life-altering medications, for most of my life. And yet again, that's not true. When I was 19, I finally realized that... The lithium and Zoloft that I was taking every day turned me into a mindless drone. It truly turned me into a Borg, into an android that had no feelings or emotions. My happy sounded like this. My sad sounded like this. And everything in between it sounded like like this. So, with much research on the internet, I decided that at 19 years old I was gonna go off my medications. I decided that I would live much better bouncing back and forth insanity and creativity, depression and life, than not having a life or having an emotion or feeling. So I started to eat healthier. I learned to meditate, to relax, to center myself. I learned to be active in community and life. And through those mo- through those various practices and techniques I have been able to control my my bipolar I have been able to to feel both extremes but not as intensely I've been able to dance to breathe to run through the woods and one of the things that I found also at nineteen that helped me a lot was knitting now people might think that this is this is insanity that this is unreal and crazy how could knitting ever help your mental status how could knitting ever help your your life and oh i don't understand necessarily how it did at first but then i realized when I was manic, it gave me something to do all night. I mean, I would have found something to do anyways, but when I was manic, it gave me something productive to do. I could do a sweater in a night, you know, or, you know, in a couple nights. I could I could make hats and scarves. I, could, I would knit for, like, 23 hours and then take a nap for half an hour and get up and do the same exact thing again and just nonstop. Sometimes knitting straight through a week, without even moving, just changing projects and yarns. Um, And so it gave me something to control. Um, It was very early on that I noticed that my bipolar is more severe when I'm manic. Things in life seem unreal. This world seems unreal. Everything seems plasticky and fake. And that I'm just stuck in this matrix of life in that Death is the only way that I can escape and once I'm dead I will be able to return back to the real earth or that the world is ending and nobody understands it but me and so the only way I can you know beat and survive the end of the world is to commit suicide so keeping my mind focused and and my hands busy and my mind free helps And knitting does that for me. It also creates a nice meditative lull that even if I've been knitting for 23 hours and it only seemed like an hour, helps me lull into sleep and not think about what if, where am I, how did I get here. And then, on the other hand, when I'm depressed, that one... One thing that I can do is knit. And even if I'm knitting something that's total crap, if I'm knitting a cardigan that at this moment feels so ugly and unpredictable, unproductive, and horrendous, I can look at the lace shawls that I've completed. I can look at the afghans I've knit. I can look at the intricate cable. Uh, family tree design that I designed and knit and it, it reminds me that life isn't just it reminds me that life isn't totally crap another craft that has helped me especially through depression is my scrapbooking I scrap when I scrapbook I can scrapbook all these loving stories. I have several different scrapbooks. I have an artistic scrapbook, a, a life scrapbook, a, a happy story scrapbook, and a knitting scrapbook. And they, I, I only work on them when I'm happy, or or even when I'm in a manic state. And when I'm depressed, just flipping through those stages, those pages reminds me that this is just a stage, and that I'll get through it. And that I survived once before, and that there are happy things that happen in my life, and I am happy every once in a while. It reminds me that life doesn't always suck. It reminds me that people are wonderful. Also, I tend to leave myself little notes, little little phrases like, you'll get through this, or remember that just because the depression hurts so bad suicide is not a relief of that pain it only hurts more and it pretty much smacks me around and you know helps me get through it but i have to say the the one thing that really helps me the most though is the knitting the 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 fact that i know i'm able to contribute something, even if it's just to myself, or to my family, and, in those, in those manic, or depressive states, where I feel like the world is coming to an end, and we're all going to have to live on our own, at least I know, there's, I have a skill, that will help me survive, I might not be able to hunt deer, I can cook them, I can, but I can knit, I can even spin the yarn and knit things and then trade those with people who can hunt deer or people who can build houses. Because after all, we all will need to be clothed and we will all need to wear clothes. And so it's it's thoughts like that that help me get through my depression. It's. It's that one little task of putting two little sticks and string together that helped me survive. That helped me live and help me make it to the next day. You know, and like the alcoholics say in Alcoholics Anonymous, it is, after all, only one day at a time. One hour of that day at a time. And one minute at a time. Of that hour at a time, and you can make it through it successfully. If you know of anyone who is bipolar and crafts and would like to share their story, like I just shared, or if you are someone who is bipolar or knits or crafts and would like to share a, your story, feel free to email me at schmutzigbell.gmail.com. That's S H M U tzi.k.m.a.i.d.e.l at gmail.com, or if you want to just do it over the phone, you can call me at one two zero six 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 three eight nine four. That's um for the U.S um also there's a make sure to put your pin in the proper map if you haven't done that already and i think that is everything i hope you guys have a great weekend and remember if someone tries to tell you knitting's not punk those point those needles make great weapons have a nice weekend
0: and that was a clip from the mosh knit podcast of brooklyn michelle um from san francisco california Uh, does and also Brooklyn talking about her experiences with bipolar disorder diagnosis and dealing with mania without um, being on medication so that's about all the time we have this week for Madness Radio thanks a lot for tuning in been listening to Madness Radio Voices and Visions from Outside Mental Health. Madness Radio is broadcast every Wednesday 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Pacifica affiliate WXOJLPFM 103.3 Valley Free Radio in Northampton, Massachusetts. For our live internet stream, podcasting, show archives and more, visit madnessradio.net. Madness Radio is co-produced by Freedom Center and the Icarus Project. For more information, check out freedom-center.org and theicarusproject.net. For more mental health radio, listen to the news hour from mindfreedom.org, Wednesdays, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you have an idea for a story or a guest on Madness Radio, or you just want to share what's in your head, contact us at radio at madnessradio.net.